Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad that you have joined us. School has been back in session for more than a month now, but the way classrooms look this year is, of course, really different than it has been in the past. And that is because of the COVID-19 pandemic, which has forced us to really alter the way school looks in, in particular uh, in our lives. Uh, they also look really different from one district to another. You've got some school districts that are offering both in-person and virtual learning. You have other districts that are all in person. You've got all other districts that are still all virtual. There's just a lot of variables at play right now. So how is it all going? This is an incredible change, not just for the students, our children who go to schools, but also for parents and for teachers and administrators. And that's where we want to start the conversation today. What is going on with our schools? How is that all going? Even as we see incredible spikes come back to light in the pandemic and the specter of more restrictions, uh, maybe another lockdown is really out there as a possibility right now. We want to hear from you about how school is going for your family. If you're a parent, uh, how is your child going to school right now? Are they doing it in person? Are they doing it online? Or is there a mix of those two things at work? And how is that model working? Is it going better now than it did in the spring when we had the sudden disruption to school and virtual learning was kind of a disaster in a lot of different places? Uh, how are you adapting to this way of life, and are you anticipating that it's going to be with us for some time? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we'll work you into the conversation. And joining us today to talk about how school is going are two people who represent the largest school district in the state, Detroit Public Schools Community District. Uh, joining us is Dr. Nikolai Vitti, who is the superintendent of Detroit Schools. Dr. Vitti, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thank you. Good morning. Yeah. Uh, always good to be on the show. Yeah. And also with us is Sonia Mace. She is a member of the Detroit Public Schools Community District School Board. Sonia, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. Glad to be here. So we're going to start with having both of you talk about how things are going. It is almost the end of October, which gives us about almost two full months of school uh, while we are trying to still, of course, sort things out during the pandemic. There were lots of changes that had to be made. Uh, you made some pretty bold decisions, Dr. Vitti, about how school would look this fall. Give us a sense of how things are going for students and teachers and parents. Sure. Um, so, you know, from the beginning, uh, in a very difficult reopening conversation and process, uh, we wanted to be equitable regarding uh, the services that we would provide the students and families in this pandemic. For many of our families, they felt very uncomfortable about going to school and preferred online, and, and we supported that and invested millions of dollars in 
uh, tablets with embedded internet access, uh, accessibility to all of our curriculum, a platform to access that curriculum online. And so 80% of our parents picked that option. And then there were 20% of our parents that said uh, they were comfortable with sending their children face-to-face to school um, because of childcare issues or just the learning needs of their children. Um, so we did work out a, a letter of understanding with uh, Detroit Federation of Teachers uh, to allow for face-to-face instruction. Uh, we gave the preference to the teacher to decide if they wanted to work face-to-face or online. Um, so we opened up schools, uh, like you said, about uh, a month ago with 80% of the 50,000 students going online and about 20% uh, going face-to-face or learning centers. All of our schools are open. Uh, we offer breakfast and lunch. Uh, students can come in every day, log on, um, and uh, participate online at school where they have people, adults there that can help them at a high level on their academic work um, or they're receiving face-to-face depending on the grade level and whether that teacher uh, is participating. So after over a month of school, we haven't had any outbreaks in the school district defined by uh, uh, two, uh, two or more individuals infecting each other at a school. We've had um, a little bit over a, a dozen positive cases with students. Um, no student has been hospitalized. Uh, most of those students were asymptomatic that picked up COVID through their parents, not at the school site. Um, and you know our our compliance reports regarding COVID commitments have been have been uh, strong, and we're receiving very minimal um, criticism as far as the commitments we made to safety uh, from parents, uh, employees. Uh, but it's been hard. Um, it's been hard to work through online learning challenges, especially in grades K to two, and it's been hard to keep students consistently engaged. Uh, either logging in or coming face-to-face. So our challenge right now is just keeping engagement high, keeping attendance high uh, as we just continue to work through this new normal. Mm. Uh, Sonia, there were a lot of people who were really concerned about the decision to go back to in-person schooling. And then there were a lot of people who were concerned about virtual learning and the barriers that, that a lot of people in the city face to being able uh, uh, to do that. You, you are a member of the school board. You must have heard a lot of those concerns. Give us a sense of how you think things have gone now that school is opened and we are about two months into it. Uh, yeah, so um, without question, uh, we spent much of the summer uh, listening to a range of views on how um, how school in the fall should be handled. And Dr. Reedy just walked through um, the various options that we now offer parents. Um, you know, what I tell people is six months ago, this district did not have any platform whatsoever for virtual learning. And, um, and it's not an excuse, it's, it's, it's an explanation to really kind of help people understand the amount of um, change, effort, and work that's gone into being able to deliver um, education in any form um, in, this, uh, in this pandemic. And um, one of the things that has guided us first and foremost from the very beginning is figuring out how to deliver education as safely as possible during this COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think sometimes people forget that schools are naturally in this in the business of safety and security for kids like every day in a normal school environment in our district we have almost 53,000 students and and pre-covid you know those kids would get up every day they would their parents would drop them off they would get on the bus they would come to schools they would go home safely and that's just kind of part of what we do um, and so we had to rethink um, in a major way, how to how to deliver school in any form as safely as possible. And that's been challenging in part because very few of us have, have had to do this through a pandemic, um, and also in part because um, the the nature of the pandemic is shifting um, almost almost daily, certainly through the summer almost daily. Um, so I think I think that given the circumstances, the leadership and staff um, and and our parents and grandparents have reacted remarkably well. Now that's not to say that there aren't things that need to be improved on and we're, we're, we're entering that stage now where we kind of have the basic foundation down for what is possible and now we're starting to go back and do improvements and tweaks and figure out what works well so we can invest more in that and what maybe didn't work so well so we can change and, mm. and get to a better place. Yeah. I'm talking with Dr. Nikolai Vitti, who is the superintendent of Detroit Public Schools Community District and with Sonia Mays, who is a member of the school board for that school district. We're talking about how school's going this year with all of the things that are really, really different about education because of the COVID-19 pandemic. We want to hear from you, too. How's school going for you and your family? Uh, if you're a parent, how is your child going to school? Are they going to school every day? Are they going to the computer every day somewhere in your house? Uh, or are they doing a mix of the two? And tell us how satisfied you are with the outcomes. Is this going better now than it did in the spring when we had this kind of sudden switch to all virtual learning? As always, again, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter, put your comments there. We'll work you into the conversation. Before we get to uh, listeners, I want to ask about this incredible surge that we're seeing in cases in Michigan. Uh, there's a lot of concern that we might have another huge wave coming and that especially uh, during the winter months that's going to make things much more difficult i wonder what you're anticipating in the district and, and and how you're planning for something like that if it if it were to happen dr Vitti. yeah so um you know starting in in uh this summer uh, really before that in, in the late spring we have been very mindful of the uh, positive infection rate in the city. And most um, national state experts talked about schools uh, not opening if the infection rate was anything between 5% and 10%. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that schools, for example, in Florida were opened and the infection rate was already over 10 and climbing. Um, you know, right now our infection rate in the city is still below 2% as of, of last week. And, and, you know, most people don't know that because of the disproportionate uh, impact it had um, and infection rate and, and unfortunately, the, the, the death toll um, at the height of the pandemic. So Detroiters have really done a good job of social distancing, wearing masks, and you can see that with the infection rate being lower than the state. Um, but we're, we're, we're constantly looking at that infection rate. If we start to uh, climb above 5%, uh, obviously, um, myself and the board will start to have conversations if it's still safe to keep schools open. If we uh, are above 5%, it 
if we start getting into six, seven, it's probably likely that we would uh, not allow any kind of face-to-face or even the learning centers to take place. But I think the state, uh, through Governor Whitmer, has done a good job of being mindful of that infection rate and trying to keep everyone safe, uh, uh, safe at the state level. So that, that's what we have our, our, our eyes uh, set on. We have a, a, a website now just dedicated to not only showing the positive cases that are in our district, but we also keep a running tab of the infection rate in the city and the state um, because that's one of the main indicators that we're looking at regarding whether it's safe to continue to offer face-to-face learning. Mm. Uh, Sonia, what do you hear from parents and families, I guess, about uh, the possibility that things could get worse and that we might have to, to change what we're doing, uh, you know, either later this semester or especially that winter semester after kids come back from, from Christmas break? Much of what I hear, I would generally categorize as frustration. Um, you know, frustration over, we, you know, we all have this sort of general malaise and frustration about the pandemic. Um, but for our parents in particular, uh, this, particularly those who are engaging in virtual distance learning, um, there's a high amount of frustration around um, being able to manage um, manage their own work obligations um, against the needs of, um, of of their of their students. Um, and so, so, so what I'm hearing as people are kind of looking out uh, into the winter and the possibility that this gets worse, I think those frustrations just get um, a lot. Uh, a lot deeper for our parents, our grandparents, and the other adults who um, who who have students in this district. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Um, let's uh, go. Let's go to Jean in Detroit. Jean, welcome to the show. Uh, good morning, Stephen. Hey, Jean. I'd like to ask Dr. Vitti and uh, school member board member Sonia, if during this age of COVID, they still find oversight from the uh, Financial Review Commission necessary, or uh, is it just a useless impediment that can at this point be dispensed with? Hmm. Uh, Great question, Gene. The Financial Review Commission is one of the features of the reforms that uh, had to be done because of the state intervention in the in the district, uh, Doctor Vitti, you've said in the past that you're not a big fan of that. Um, give me a sense of where you are on it right now. Yeah, no fan at all. Actually, I think uh, <laughs> no fan at all. Right? <laughs> oh no, I, I mean, in, in many ways, it's the vestiges of uh, emergency management, and you know, I can go even further to say they're it's almost like vestiges of uh, colonialism. But um, with with all of that said. Uh, you know, there were commitments that uh, we had to meet uh, through statute uh, to be released by the FRC oversight. Uh, we've maintained a balanced budget. Um, we've we've had a fund balance. And when we started this work, uh, we had 16 audit exceptions with millions of dollars of penalties. Our, our last uh, audits have been completely clean, no audit exceptions, no financial penalties. And uh, very proud to say that on October 26th, um, the FRC is uh, going to vote to likely uh, remove oversight of, of DPFCD. And um, I know Sonia won't say it, so I'm going to say it. Um, Sonia Mays has been our treasurer of our finance committee. 
uh, from the beginning. And uh, her and I, the administrators and the board, have really worked hard to improve teacher salaries at a dramatic level, but being fiscally responsible. So I, I think there's a lot to be proud of uh, with the reform in the last three years, and there's so much more to be done. But I think being removed from financial oversight is, is a big victory for the district and the city of Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sonia, the, uh, that move to make Detroit starting teacher salaries as high as they are now and, and way more competitive than they had been in the past uh, is something that, that we've been talking about in Detroit for a really long time. Uh, now that we've gotten there, again, like the question always is whether it's, you know, sustainable uh, because of the financial hardships that we have here in Detroit, but also whether it's going to be as effective as it needs to be in attracting the talent that we need and keeping that talent, uh, which is one of the it's just one of the things that just always seems to confound us. Yeah. Um <clears throat> You know, this I spend a lot of I spend a lot of time around this question as treasurer, um, and and because my background is so heavily steeped in finance, like this is a place that I naturally settle in and do a lot of policy work and thinking and partnership with Dr. Vitti. And um, you know, this is urban education. This is Detroit. There's never going to be. Let me let me back that up. We are not fortunate enough to have enough resource. Um, and on any given day to meet the needs of our students and our communities. Right. That's the reality that this district has been yeah. under um, since I, at least since I graduated back in the early 90s from DPS. And um, and so so what I have been a very strong proponent of is we have to treat every single dollar that we have as precious as possible, and it has to go into teaching the business of teaching and learning. And so over the last um, four years with Dr. Vitti, we have really introduced a um, a new uh, a new discipline around how we manage our dollars and how we think about it. And so we're we're not making short-term decisions. We're making long-term financial decisions. We're making them in the interest, the best interest of the children. And the investment in our teachers, um, you know, was really by design about how do we get to this place where we can staff every single classroom with a certified teacher in an environment where teachers are incre in increasingly um, scarce and having to be competed for. Mm -hmm. Okay, we are going to take a quick break. I want to thank Dr. Vitti and Sonia Mays for being with us here on Detroit Today. Uh, when we come back, we are going to have a conversation about parenting in the digital age with the author of a book all about parenting and privacy and social media. Stay with us for more Detroit Today. Detroit Today. 